the town, I have been invited. Uh, by the right Reverend Mark Randall to offer a, a brief, I emphasize. Brief, Mark has emphasized brief to me unrepeated. He, he loves giving me orders in his new role, and I'm on strict orders to keep this brief. So a brief um, homily on, well, he, uh, not even homily, he gave it reflections from Ephesians 3. So not even a hom- I don't even get a homily, reflections from Ephesians 3.20 that has already been mentioned uh, so often in the uh, two verses that have been near and dear to TCPC since it was planted uh, 40 years ago. I, I vividly remember walking into uh, my office for the first time as senior pastor, and on my desk there was just a single letter uh, waiting for me. is from uh, Al Lutz, the founding pastor, Al Lutz. And, and as has been mentioned already, if you knew Al, it won't come as a surprise that the letter was full of many opinions, uh, a lot of advice, for the new, young, inexperienced uh, senior pastor. Um, and I don't remember much of what was written in it, but I do remember, not surprisingly, his parting admonition. Uh, not his words, but the Apostle Paul's. So here is Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So, uh, I'm not surprised that Al uh, left that as his parting word to me because that's how Al uh, honestly signs off on all his correspondence. Um, I think it's a signature on his email. This church was established on the rock-solid promises of Ephesians 3.20, and this church has really never moved on from Ephesians 3.20, nor should we. Uh, We've clung to it in difficult times, uh, celebrated it in joyful times, again and again, um, in our hearts, on our lips, the promise that the God of this congregation is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine has been the hope of TCPC. And so I think it's appropriate uh, for us to pause here around these verses and confess this truth again. I think the best way to do it is to actually start with the second verse, uh, verse 21. To him, to God be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So that's what we want, right? We want God to get the glory. We want the name of Jesus to be celebrated above all, not just for 40 years, but throughout all generations forever and ever. Uh, But here's the the question to consider. how is that accomplished? How, how is God glorified in a church? Now, that might seem like a given for a church, but it isn't. It is very easy to establish a church where the church itself is the glory. The pastor of the church, the programs of the church, the facilities of the church, members of the church, other things other than Jesus can easily become the glory of a congregation. And in this way, God is a means to the church's glory rather than the church as a means to God's glory. How do we avoid that? Well, there, there are many ways. The easiest is to simply ensure that these things, which by their very nature bring glory to God, are prioritized. The faithful preaching of God's word, the administration of God's sacrament, the holiness and sacredness of our worship, the 
the unwillingness to compromise in orthodox biblical theology, authentic communities. These types of things, by their very nature, bring glory to Jesus Christ. And in these areas, TCPC has remained faithful for 40 years, and we must never take that for granted, truly. May it continue throughout the generations. But there is something more to a church that brings glory uh, to God and not itself, something that is less discernible outside our control, something that belongs to God alone. And it is a church that clearly, unmistakably, is the demonstration of God's power and faithfulness, not a demonstration of the pastor's gifts and charisma, not a demonstration of program excellence or savvy marketing, a church where you know beyond a shadow of a doubt it exists and flourishes only because God is faithful. And that is the story of TCPC. How can we not give God all the glory for Taste Creek Presbyterian Church? Because Taste Creek Presbyterian Church would not be here were it not for the faithfulness of God. The dynamic, this is the dynamic that Paul has in mind in verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. On the surface, that's a little bit of a confusing verse. Immeasurably more than we can ask for in prayer, immeasurably more than we can imagine in our dreams. I don't know about you, but I've asked God to answer big requests for TCPC. I have imagined big dreams for TCPC, and those have not been fulfilled in ways that are immeasurably more than I can ask or imagine, at least not from my perspective. But perhaps my perspective is the problem. Perhaps we don't know what is best for TCPC, and perhaps God does. Perhaps God is writing a story in this church that is better than our story for this church, because it is a story where unmistakably so, he has received all the glory and nobody else. The key that unlocks this verse for us is defining the word more. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than I can ask or imagine. I wonder how you define more in that verse. I'll tell you how I tend to define it. I think of asking and imagining things, God following those wishes, but doing more than I ask. I ask and imagine for thousands of TCPC members, God brings even more. I ask and imagine for multiple church plants, God plants even more than I ask for. I ask and imagine for Budgets to be met, $2.9 million budget to be met, God provides millions more. In this arrangement, I ask and imagine, God follows the terms of my requests, but he does so by exceeding my requests. But if that is the meaning of this verse, then who is in charge, me or God? I am in charge, and more than I can ask or imagine is simply following my lead and kind of adding a cherry on the top of my demands. We must be so careful. This is true of churches, but through thinking through applications, it's true of your life. It's true of your family. This is true of your parenting. We must be so careful with the word more. It is right to ask and imagine. Pour out your hearts. Pray your prayers. Dream your dreams for TCPC. But we must let God determine what more than we ask or imagine looks like. Most often... 
it is not how we would define more. We tend to ask and imagine for always bigger and better, but often God answers with actually less is more here. We tend to ask and imagine for smooth sailing without controversies, but God's more is sanctifying trials. We ask and imagine for explosive growth. God's more is healthy, sustainable growth. We ask and imagine for a church that aligns with my preferences. But God's more is a church that forces each of us to consider the preferences of others as more important than my own. Do you see, if we get to define more in this verse, in this verse, does it make sense? If my prayers and imaginations dictate the terms of Ephesians 3.20, then... Ephesians 3.20 is a lie. Because I have asked and imagined things that have not come to pass, and I know you have too, much less exceeded what I've asked and imagined. But if God dictates the terms of Ephesians 3.20, then this verse will never fail. To which you are tempted to think, what a cop-out, right? When our prayers go unanswered and our imaginations go unfulfilled, how convenient to just say, well, God's got something better, right? Well, yes, you can call a cop out if you want, but it's true. And I am not without proof. The promise and certainty of this verse is discovered in hindsight, not in the immediate. I love the generational focus of the passage. It ends with, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Throughout all generations necessarily implies a long journey of God's faithfulness where the perspective of hindsight more so than the perspective of the immediate yields the conclusion that God has indeed done more than we have asked or imagined, though we did not have eyes to see it in the moment. If God merely exceeded the terms of what we ask and imagine, it would lead to celebration in the immediate. Yay, we got what we want. But we don't have the wisdom of God in that request. And so celebration in the immediate and then regret in hindsight. But God's glory and faithfulness flips that. Often, it is confusion, frustration, perhaps anger, and even sadness in the immediate, but then rejoicing with the perspective of hindsight. Where it is unmistakably true that God indeed has done more than what years ago, generations ago, we were asking and imagining. And that is the story of TCPC. Do you know why I'm confident Ephesians 3.20 has been and is being fulfilled in our midst? Because we should not be here at a 40-year celebration. Simply put, according to the wisdom of man, TCPC should not have worked. But according to the wisdom of God, here we are giving glory to God, who has indeed done more than we can ask or imagine If you'll allow me, I'm almost done. If you'll allow me a brief moment with the benefit of hindsight to celebrate our God and give him glory for what he has done. So on January 8th, 1984, the first worship service, TCPC, was held in an apartment complex on Taste Creek Road. If you ever wonder why our church located on the corner of Rapid Run and Man of War is called Taste Creek Presbyterian Church, there's the reason behind our schizophrenic name, okay? We just never changed it. So, Taste Creek Presbyterian Church. Let me let you a little in on a little church splitting secret. That tiny group in an apartment complex should not have worked. 
80% of church plants fail within the first five years, especially when planted the way TCPC was planted. Now our church uh, planting strategy is to plant well-resourced church that are well-staffed with a committed core group, um, large committed core group. Those have a better chance of survival. Al Lutz, knowing no one, moving to an area he knows little about with a tiny group of people he just met, gathering to worship in an apartment complex. Statistically speaking, that doesn't work. But even before Al arrived, God was writing a story that is more than we can ask or imagine. There's an individual to this day, I have no idea who he is or why he chose to do what he did, but this guy passes away, and when it was time to settle his estate, a portion of his estate was designated to fund a PCA church in central Kentucky. Again, we have no idea who this guy is to this day or what motivated him to do that. PCA was contacted. We have this money. PCA reaches out to Al, said, we have money designated for new church plant in central Kentucky. You want to move to Lexington? Al answered the call. Now, I'm looking forward to meeting that guy um, in heaven, but I can guarantee you he would say, in hindsight, God has done more than he could ask or imagine with that estate gift. By the way, members, now that I'm not pastor, I can just say this stuff. Uh, your estate for TCPC, I mean that. It's one of the greatest legacies uh, that you can pray and think through is how to bless this church. And who knows what God can do with our resources, like this sacrificial gift to somebody we have no idea. Well, shortly after the church was planted, a property goes up for sale, not on Taste Creek Road, but the newly developed Man of War Road. Obvious growth of the city south into the new suburbs. Perfect location for a permanent home. The only problem is it cost $800,000. This group didn't have $800,000. They prayed. They sacrificed, dipped into credit lines, co-signed loans, that no financial advisor would tell them to sign and purchase a property where we find ourselves this evening. Very, very risky move. Should not have worked. No church that size should have taken on a debt and property like that. The Lord would have to grow the church to make that purchase sustainable. And that's what the Lord did. Think about the ministry that has taken place on this sacred corner of Rapid Run and Man of War. I promise it was more than those who sacrificed could ask or imagine. Comes time for Al to move on, and this is where churches really tend to not make it. Beloved founding pastor, church calls a new pastor, Petrus Rukas, who could not be more different than the founding pastor. You barely understand the guy through his thick Greek accent. Opposite of Al. That transition, statistically, people have done research on churches. That should not have worked, but it did work. Far more than work, Petros was embraced and beloved, and God grew the church. Then, at the peak of that growth and excitement, as, as you heard, Petros unexpectedly and tragically takes his life. Again, that should have been the end. Conventional wisdom, churches don't survive that. Once again, Ephesians 3.20 saves the day. Search committee made a dream list of candidates. And I mean dream list. I think R.C. Sproul was on that list. And they knew, realistically speaking, none of them would move to Lexington to pastor this reeling, smaller congregation in Lexington, Kentucky. Well, John Sartell, legendary founding pastor of the PCA, felt surprisingly but unmistakably called to leave his church of 2,000 members, comfortable life, surrounded by his kids and grandkids, to come to Lexington, Kentucky and pastor a hurting congregation. I'm telling you, that doesn't happen. I know these searches. That doesn't happen. 
unless God chooses to do more than we could ask or imagine. Lord uses John to stabilize and grow the congregation, and then uh, you did something really crazy. Um, way too young, zero experience, heels of a pastoral nervous breakdown, and you all thought it'd be good to hire me. What were you thinking? But again, there was good old Ephesians 3.20, saving the day for TCPC. Then unexpectedly, God calls me to a new calling. TCPC is facing another transition, only this time it's a larger, more established church. Now in that scenario, if you go hire a consultant, they will come in and say, here's the playbook for a church like this. Conventional wisdom, I should get lost. You should canvas the country with a search, and then we'll see if the new pastor wants to retain the staff and see what happens there. You did not follow the corporate model. You prayed, you asked, you imagined, and you said, our next senior pastor's right here, surrounded by an amazing team. We're going to call Marcus Sr., we're going to call Will's associate, and Robert, you and your family are welcome to just worship with us in the pews. Unbelievable. That doesn't work. That should not have worked unless you have Ephesians 3.20 on your side. And this year has made it clear God is more than we can ask or imagine. So, here we are, a church that shouldn't be here is here. Not just here, but flourishing like never before. How is that possible? Only God, brothers and sisters, only God. Thank you. That hadn't happened in 40 years. Amen. <laughs> only God, who is able and has done exceedingly more than we can ever ask or imagine with this church. Not the story we would have written, but in hindsight, with the sacred wisdom of generational hindsight, we see it clearly. But listen, we don't need to look to the church's history to know the truth of Ephesians 3.20. We need only to look to Jesus himself. I'm done, but I got to end with Jesus because every time you're here, that's where you have to end. In the garden before his death, sweating blood, pure agony, he asks and imagines for another way than the cross that is before him. But he ends his prayer. He ends his prayer with submitting those requests and imaginations to the Father. Nevertheless, not as I will, but your will be done. And the Father's will was the Son crucified. If you were there, nobody would have said, God hanging on the cross was what you asked or imagined. But now with 2,000 years of hindsight, we see that unexpected cross has yielded eternally more than this world could ever ask or imagine including this church, a church that exists to proclaim that God in Christ Jesus has done the unimaginable, which now offers the world more than the world could ever imagine. God is faithful, brothers and sisters. God is faithful. Keep asking, keep imagining, knowing for certain that generations from now, at another milestone celebration when we are buried and forgotten, TCPC is still going to gather, perhaps our grandchildren, Great-grandchildren will be there. They will gather with the benefit of hindsight on this chapter of our story, and they will recount, and they will rejoice in God's faithfulness. And I have no doubt on that day, with generational hindsight, they will be able to declare that God has done more than we can presently ask or imagine. Let me pray. You are faithful, O God. We bless you for your faithfulness. Thank you. What can we say as we think back through our history 
And every step of the way we see you had to be in this. And we trust that you are in this now, in this moment, in this day. Pour out your blessing upon Taste Creek Presbyterian Church. Keep us humble. Keep us faithful to the word. Keep us loving each other. 